morning, everybody. Uh, glad to see uh, a decent crowd out here this morning after Jay uh, put on Facebook that he wasn't going to be here this Sunday and that this traveling guest speaker, Wes Withrow, would be here. I was afraid that everybody would come on Wednesday instead. Uh, so uh, that being said, y'all make sure you come back Wednesday so you can get a real sermon, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll hope for that. But uh, in, in keeping with uh, what Jay had lined out, uh, the, today uh, we're, we're still on the same sermon topic. Still on that same phase, the Jesus I need to know. So uh, last week, if you remember, if you were with us, if you weren't, I'll, I'll remind you, we talked about uh, cross-bearing and what that really meant, what Jesus really meant by bearing your cross, which was basically that we should all come back together and give up our cross. It says to take up our cross and follow him. It doesn't say that we're supposed to carry it with us all the way. It's supposed to carry it to him, give it to him, and he should shoulder all of our burdens. That's what he wants to do. That's the cross bearing that Jesus would have us do. So today, what we're going to talk about is the Jesus I need to know, and the Jesus I need to know, he's the Jesus who forgives fiercely. So I want to start off this morning with a, a, a quick story that uh, was found in Chicken Soup for the Soul. Now, I don't know about you guys with Chicken Soup for the Soul, but whenever I think about Chicken Soup for the Soul, I think about my grandparents' restroom. <coughs> it would be okay for none of y'all to have that thought process in mind, but that's what I think about. Because for at least, I don't know, 20 years, there's been a Chicken Soup for the Soul book in the restroom and uh, every time I would go to rest in the restroom uh, there it was and I would read a piece of this but anyway the story comes from Chicken Soup for the Soul and it pertains to a guy he's out in California <clears throat> and this guy is just a, a really a wretched old man he's, he's just hardened uh, he, he's, he's gone through a lot he's obviously lived a very tough life uh, just, just a hard man to really get to and he's in his hospital bed, and uh, as it would turn out, it's time for him to, to head on home. It's time for him to really be at the end of his rope, at the end of his life. So he asks the nurse, he says, hey, I, I need a priest to come and, and read me my last rites. That's what I need to have happen, so could you call somebody? Sure. Well, fortunately for him, uh, they were able to reach Father O'Malley. Father O'Malley was uh, just sitting at the house uh, that Saturday uh, getting ready for his sermon the following day, just kind of putting some stuff together. And they call and said, hey, we got a guy, he's not a, a member of any church, but he, he's uh, espousing that he's Catholic. Could you please come read him his last rites? Father O'Malley reluctantly gets up from his sermon preparation and goes and sees this man. When he gets there, of course, his, his first uh, idea for this guy before he reads his last rites is, uh, son, do you have any confessions you need to make? And the guy just said, no, I don't have anything to confess. I don't, I don't want to talk about anything. I just need you to read me my last rites. So Father O'Malley just keeps after him, keeps after him, keeps after him. And finally, the guy breaks. Finally, the guy's had enough, and he says, okay, obviously you're not going to read me my last rites until I confess whatever's on my mind, and I've had something that I've not told anybody about for the last 25, 30 years, and it's just something that's really wreaked havoc on my life, something that it's just unbearable. I don't think anybody could ever forgive me for what I did. Father O'Malley looks at him, you know, with a knowing glance and says, well, how about try me? Let's, let's just hear what you have to say. So what he goes on to recount is he was a person that worked with the railroad. And uh, this one particular day he was uh, drinking, uh, but he wasn't drinking as much as the rest of the crew was. So he felt like he was, you know, in the best shape of anybody to be able to take charge of any situation that occurred. So their only job that day was to throw the switch at the appropriate time to be able to let the uh, freight cars go by and go into the correct uh, place. 
So what he does is he, he looks around and he, he throws the switch. He throws it the wrong way. It was a three-way switch. It could have gone either direction, but he went to the wrong direction. What ended up happening is the freight car just barreled into a, uh, into a passenger car. So in that uh, car at that time were a mother, a father, and two kids. They all perished in the event. And he said to Father O'Malley, I've lived with this for so many years and I haven't told anybody about it. And I've lived my life in a way that's just it's terrible, it's wretched, it's, it's horrible, it's awful, it's something that I can't get past in my own life. I never thought that it would be possible for anybody to forgive me. That's why I've never told anyone this. Father O'Malley just looked at him and said, well, son, I'll tell you this. It's possible for you to be forgiven because I've forgiven you. Because what you need to understand is in that car were my mother, my father, and my two siblings. I forgive you. Now it's time for you to forgive yourself. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful today. We're thankful for today that we can be together in your house. We're thankful that we can come together and that we can really celebrate who you are. And Father, I just pray today as I bring the message that you would just clean me out and make me a vessel through which your word could be freely spoken, through which uh, someone could hear something that means the world to them, that they could understand your forgiveness. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So what a great story. Uh, I'm not sure if it's true. I'm not sure if somebody just pinned it out, but... What a, what, a, what a fitting story to think about forgiveness. And, uh, you know, this week we've had an opportunity, at my house at least, to go through a, a little story of forgiveness too. Um, we, uh, I guess Sunday, uh, we, we celebrated the twins' birthday at, uh, at my side of the family, if you want to say it that way. And then we celebrate on Monday at, at Leanne's side of the family. So in, in their gifts that they got, they got this board game. All right, and I don't know if any of y'all have ever played this board game. It's called Sorry, All right? We, we like to call it the game that never ends at my house. Uh, we, we tried to play it this week. I was off all week with the girls and, and with Leanne, and so we were just sitting around the house playing Sorry because that's what the girls wanted to do, and we're playing it. And, man, I, I, what a terrible game. <laughs> I mean, you're sitting there, and you draw cards, and you throw the cards out, and it says move three places, move four places, or whatever. And, you know, here's the thing. So when I'm doing it, I'm just trying to, you know, achieve my goal, which is to go all the way around and get back home, and everybody will be okay. Not my girls. They, they, they are after it. You hear what I'm saying? Like, when they pull up the card and it says four, they're upset because they don't get to kill anybody, right? <laughs> And not, the reason they want to kill it, they want to run into somebody and, I mean, they, they forcibly do this. I mean, it, it'd be the nice thing to do, you know, you just go right there and move the other person's, here you go, daddy. Oh, no, 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 no. They hit the thing clean across the floor. You crawl over there and have to pick it up and figure out where everything is. I mean, they are animated with this thing. And then, of course, what do they do when they do that? They look at you and say, sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. My house is a competitive household. I don't know where my kids get it from. Probably their mom. Okay, if you're not laughing, that's because you don't know me, but that's okay. <clears throat> so anyway, man, this, this whole thing, I mean, it was a story and a lesson in forgiveness the whole week that we were playing because, you know, this one would do this and this one would do that. And, well, you know, like me, I'm trying to just play it safe and be nice to everybody and try to move things to where I don't knock anybody out. And then they knock me out, and then I'm like, okay, it's on now, guys. Let's do this thing. <laughs> you know, and we're, we're playing hard all the time. But the whole point of that game is, 
You're supposed to attack each other. You're supposed to knock each other out so you can't win. And I think one game that we played, I think it lasted at least an hour and a half because it just was constant, bam, 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 knocking everybody out. And I'm like, really, come on, guys. I really just want to stop playing this and, and watch Netflix. That's what I want to do. <laughs> well, we, we couldn't get there. But the whole point of the game, and, and, and it's kind of a cute thing that you say sorry after you just ruin somebody's life in the game, right? And that's what I think a lot of us think about forgiveness as a whole. We think about it sometimes as, as this meaningless gesture, as something that we give to somebody when they've wronged us, when they're not really sorry, right? I mean, and that's what happens a lot of times. And what happens with us after we do that is they say, I'm sorry, I really shouldn't have done that. Well, I forgive you, everything's fine. And then they do it again. Because we give them an opportunity to do it again. And then we think about it and say, man, I shouldn't have forgiven that person. They're just wronging me over and over again. And then our hearts get hardened to it. Our hearts get calloused. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But here's the thing about forgiveness. Who decides? Who decides about forgiveness? Who decides where the lines are drawn? Who decides what the point of no return is? And the answer to that question, it really depends on what side of the line that you're standing on. So let's think about the line that I'm talking about here. If we're on one side of it, it's, it's that side where we're, we're sitting there saying, man, I don't want to forgive anybody. That, that just, they're just going to run over me again. There's no reason for me to forgive. I, I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, it seems like I would be you know, just a pushover, and, and that's not right. Uh, then there's that other side where it's like, yeah, you know, I really should forgive. I should do my best to forgive because God calls me to forgive. I should just let everything go and forgive this person. I would say most of us end up being on the other side of the line, the one I talked about to start with, which is that side of the line where we're saying, you know, this person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. They have wronged me so mightily, so greatly, that I, I just don't want anything to do with them anymore. But then... What side of the line should we really be on? So in keeping with, with, with Jay's outlines here, imagine that you're going to dinner with Jesus. Imagine that you're going there and you're carrying a lot of baggage. You're carrying a lot of things. You've got things on your heart that you know you've done wrong towards Jesus, towards God, to your fellow man. And he's invited you to dinner and he's sitting there and he's waiting on you. And you come to him. And the first thing out of your mouth is, hey, you know, I, I don't even deserve to be eating with you, Jesus. I don't know why you asked me to come, but I'm here anyway because you asked me to come. And who turns down Jesus for a meal? What would he say? What do you think Jesus would say to you? I think he would say, I think he would say that I forgive you. So I need you to forgive yourself and forgive the people I've placed in your path. Let's think about it this way. From Jesus' standpoint, He's done all He can for you. He's already forgiven you. He's already taken care of that. So what is it that He needs you to do? He needs you to forgive yourself and forgive the people that you've got in your path. So the hardest thing probably for some of us is to forgive ourselves. A lot of us are really hard on ourselves for whatever reason. Whatever we've done in our past, whatever things we've done, whatever we, wrongs we've you know, committed to everyone, 
it's hard for us to feel worthy of forgiving ourselves. But if we don't forgive ourselves, how in the world can we expect anybody else to forgive us? And then, furthermore, if we can't forgive ourselves, how can we forgive anyone else? Next slide, Jim. See, forgiveness is essential to our relationship with Jesus. The relationship only exists because of the cross of Jesus and the forgiveness that it gives. So if you think about it this way, let's go back one quick, Jim. Thank you. When we think about forgiveness, if we can't have forgiveness in our lives, there's no reason for Jesus to be here. If we can't accept his forgiveness, and if we can't forgive others, there's no reason for us to have a relationship with Jesus. That is, the, that is the, the very foundation of our relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus is forgiveness. We have wronged God. We've wronged Jesus. But because they're able to forgive us, then we can have a relationship with them. And the only reason they're able to forgive us is because of the cross of Jesus. When we think about it in those terms... If we can't forgive and we can't accept forgiveness from God, we're really diminishing the whole gamut of reality. We're really diminishing who Jesus is. Jesus came to be our Savior. Jesus came to give us the forgiveness that we wanted, the forgiveness we needed, the forgiveness that we didn't deserve. But if He's done that for us, we must be able to forgive ourselves. There's a story in the Bible and it talks about a, uh, a man. A man that's got a huge amount of debt to the king. A huge amount. I'm talking millions of dollars if we think about it in today's numbers. Millions of dollars, plenty of money, a lot of stuff that he owes the king. And the king's sitting there and he's like, bring him before me. I need to, I need to see him. I, I, I want my money. And so the guy just pleads with the king. He's pleading with him. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't have the money. Can you please just forgive me my debts? Forgive me my debts. I don't want to have to pay you. I, I can't pay you. Don't throw me in jail because I know that's what you would want to do. You'd want to throw me in jail because I can't pay my debt. But please don't do that. And then the king says, okay. Your debts are forgiven. Go on about your business. Then we're going to pick it up in uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter. Verses 14 and 15. I'm sorry. I skipped one. <laughs> Come on down for me, Jim. Come on. Come on. Come on. One more. Let's go. There it is right there. Okay. In this story, after it's said and done, the man goes out to his servant. His servant owes him like five bucks. No money. Nothing, really. And what does he do? He goes out to his servant and he says, I tell you what, you're going to jail because you can't pay me the money that I need. You're going to jail and you know what happens in jail? You can't pay money back while you're in jail. There's no way for him to make money to give the money back to his master. So then the king calls the master back in and he says, okay, this is it right here. Verse 32. You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. 
Here's the thing about forgiveness. If we don't practice it, it won't be given to us. Now here's my question I have to ask you. Are you in need of forgiveness more than the person that you need to forgive? In other words, is what you've done to God, is the sins that you have committed towards God, are they greater or less than the person that's done something wrong to you? And before you answer that question, let's talk about this in relative terms. Let's think about it this way. How perfect are you versus that person that did you wrong? How perfect is God in relation to you who have done him wrong? That's what this story is really about. The story that we find in the Bible. A nice little parable that shows us God is willing to forgive us for our many sins. God's willing to forgive us and he wants us to forgive ourselves so that we in turn can forgive others. I'm reminded of the Lord's Prayer. And this is such a, a, a rough thing to think about. You know, there, across all the ball fields in the country, people get together, our Father which art in heaven. You know, we do that all the time. But if you think about the words in there, and that came at the request of a person asking Jesus to teach me how to pray. And it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Hear that one more time. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do we really want that? That means, do you really want God to forgive you the same way you forgive others? I think that's a tough thing to do. I think it's a tough thing to do to really want God to forgive you the same way you forgive others. Now, I've been around some people in my life that are totally forgiving people. You can do whatever you want to. Anybody can come around them and do just horrible things, and they just keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep forgiving. There's just a few people like that in the world, though. Just a few. And I'd venture to say that most of us aren't that way. Most of us forgive to a point. We can see, we can understand, we can get it. But we get to a certain point and we say, ah, that's enough. That's just too much. I, you know, I'm done with you. Imagine if Jesus were done with you after your transgressions. And the truth is, He's not. He's never done with us. Never done with us. And that's the key. Next slide, Jim. Don't know where the slide is. We're lost. Okay, let's go back up to slide five for just a minute. i got one more story to share with you guys. Let's go down one. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. That's Matthew 5, 14 through 15. That's the message version. So in other words, what we just talked about there, what we just talked about was if we refuse to forgive others, he won't forgive us. There's one story that I wanted to share with you too. It involves a lady in town here that was at a Bible study and one of our members of our church. Um, so what happened was uh, this Bible study was just going about forgiveness and, and those kinds of things. And what happened is uh, this lady had done something wrong to a member of our church a long time ago. Uh, maybe spread some rumors, spread some lies about this person. And they were friends at one point in time, but then that happened, and it just, things went south in a hurry. 
So this lady, she was a part of this Bible study on forgiveness, and one of the things, one of the challenges that she accepted was, go find somebody who needs to forgive you. Go seek their forgiveness. And so that's what this person did. This person was big enough to understand that they had done wrong. They'd done something wrong to this person that was a member of our church. And they went and sought this person out. And they sat down with them. And just like it was 30 years ago and everything, nothing had happened, all of a sudden they're best of friends again. But it was all because this person had understood what God wanted them to do. What God wanted them to do was go to this person here and get forgiveness. And that was all there was to it. And it's a really big deal that that's what this person did. So let's go to the next slide. Let's think about it this way. Forgiveness is one of the sweetest gifts one human can give to one another. It's a mental, emotional, and volitional act of grace that may be unmatched in its breathtaking implications for the life of both the offender and the forgiver. So in other words, all that really says is what we're concerned with when we forgive somebody it's huge it's huge it's mental it's emotional and volitional meaning somebody chose to do it and it's an act of grace have you ever been forgiven of anything has it ever been a big deal to you i can tell you for this lady that i'm talking about it was a huge deal there was a friendship that was there that was lost for a long period of time why because someone did something wrong and the other one never got asked will you forgive me they never got asked will you forgive me and so what ended up happening was they came back together because this lady was moved to action she was moved to action to go ask for that forgiveness and then all of a sudden that's all that the other party wanted that's all that they wanted and like it says there this act of grace is unmatched in its breathtaking implications for the life of both the offender and the forgiver. Because think about it this way. Because this lady would not forgive this other lady, because she wouldn't ask for it, once she asked for it, now we're all free again. We're free to love. When we harbor grudges, when we harbor these things and we don't forgive others, it's a sad situation. And for Christians, it's not optional. Jesus requires us to forgive all who wrong us, no matter how significant or frequent the offense. And the Bible tells us that he'll forgive us 70 times 7. My math says that's 490 times. I think that that's not necessarily exactly 490 times. I think the idea there is just a lot. He'll forgive us over and over and over again. How do we get to the point where we forgive each other over and over again? Because here's the thing. Without that, like it said earlier, without us being able to forgive others, he won't forgive us. And this is the Jesus that we need to know, the one who wants to forgive us. Fiercely, he wants to forgive us. Jesus is furiously eager to forgive you and me. His forgiveness is a force of nature that changes the dynamic of the relationship between little old us and the creator of the universe. Y'all get that, right? The creator of the universe, the one who makes all the rules, the one who decides heaven or hell, the one who decides everything for us and lays out life for us in general, he cares enough about us that He wants to forgive us. He fiercely wants to forgive us. He wants to do that above all else. And all He asks of us is to come to Him. All He asks for us to do is to come to Him. So there's three things. There's three things that He wants us to do. 
or when we're traveling down this road of forgiveness and learning how to forgive, there's three things. The first thing that we have to do is we need to pray. We need to pray. You know, I was thinking about this as I was looking through these slides that Jay had put together. Why is it that we need to pray? And I think about it in a couple of ways. First off, have you ever talked out loud about some of your ideas or how you feel about things? All right, I got I to tell you all the truth. I'm, I'm weird. I'm a little strange on this, but I talk all the time. Like, not out loud to people, like to myself. I have these fake conversations with people all the time so I can get ready for conversations I'm going to have. I know it sounds a little crazy, but I am a little crazy, so it's okay. But I have these fake conversations, and, and sometimes these great ideas that I have in my mind, when I say them a little bit out loud, I think back and I say, man, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of in my life. Sometimes the way we feel about things, when we say them out loud, they can come back to make us think that they're the dumbest ideas we've ever had in our lives. Sometimes the way we feel are just, it's not right. We know we're not right. But when we say it out loud, sometimes it comes back to us and says, you know, that's dumb, Wes. At least it works for me. Maybe you should try it. But what we need to really do is pray. And there's another thing about prayer. And this is something I've heard in a few sermons from one particular preacher. He says it like this, that prayer, uh, it's a conversation. It's a conversation with God. We're talking to Him. And his dad always taught him that if you're in a conversation with somebody, the one that knows the most ought to speak the most. So if you're talking to God, he knows the most, you ought to be quiet a lot. So in your prayer life, be still and be quiet. And understand what God's trying to tell you. And I guarantee you, God will always tell you to forgive. So that's the first thing we need to do is pray. The second thing we need to do is fully weigh and evaluate the loss that you've suffered. So listen, here's the thing about forgiveness. We're not saying, and I don't think the Bible teaches this either, that we're just supposed to forget about it and, and, and just move on. You have to cope with whatever happened to you. You have to understand what's going on. You have to fully weigh it out and evaluate the loss you've suffered. You've got to understand it. And then that person you're trying to forgive, they need to understand it too. You hurt me because blah, 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 and blah. You did this and it hurt me and it changed my life because of this, this, and this. They need to understand that. You need to understand that too before we can do anything else. And sometimes when you get to this point, it probably blows up and blows out of proportion again because feelings get involved, feelings get involved, and feelings get involved. And man, feelings are tough to tame. Feelings and emotions are tough to handle. Really tough. So I would say this, even though the second thing you need to do is fully weigh and evaluate the loss you suffered, right after you get done with that, you probably need to go back up to step one and pray again. I just threw Jim a little loop right there. Did you see that? That was good. First thing you need to do again is pray. Go back to the Father. Get your rest again. See what He has to say about this whole situation. And then we come back through the second step again. And the second step again is to evaluate and weigh out the loss you've suffered. Understand it. Grieve it. Understand where you've been, where you were going, and what's changed. Understand the relationship that you've lost. Understand why it happened that way. Discuss it with the offending party. And then after you do all that, and after you've done all these things, even though it might not make sense to you, the third thing we have to do is forgive anyway. Think about it this way with Jesus. What on earth did He ever do wrong? Y'all answered my question. Good job. Nothing. Nothing. 
Yet He chose to die on a cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be made holy, so that we could be made right with God again. He did all these things. He prayed in the garden. He talked about what he was going to lose, what he was going to suffer. And the third thing he did was he forgave anyway. You remember the, the scene uh, with, with the guys that were gambling for his clothes. They were casting lots for his clothes and all that stuff. What does he say? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's thinking about forgiveness at a time where he should be thinking about retribution. He ought to be punching some jokers or something. But I'm glad he didn't because he bore all that for us. Because he knew without that, we'd never be forgiven. But there's something else. Without that, without us forgiving others, we'll never be forgiven. So, think about it this way too. Jesus has told us what to do. And at the closing of every one of these sermons that Jay's given us, he closes with this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You see, what Jesus is asking us to do as far as forgiveness is concerned is nothing that he hasn't already done to a grand scale for us already. He's forgiven us so that we're free to forgive others. We can't be like the guy that we talked about in the parable. We can't be the guy that got forgiven for that million dollar debt and then go to somebody that owes us five dollars and throw them in jail. That can't be us. What we have to do is we have to forgive everybody. We have to forgive everybody for everything. And no, it's not easy. It's probably one of the hardest things to do is to forgive someone. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. And that's what he's called us to do. The yoke that he's talking about right here is forgiveness. What he's put on us is to forgive others so that he can forgive us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you never gave up on us. That, Lord, you're always willing to forgive us. As the Bible says, 70 times 7, we know it's much more than that, that you just forgive us over and over and over again where we fail you. Help us to have that same heart towards others. Help us to remember that we can come to you with our problems. We can come to you with our issues. And as you said, your burden's light. Your yoke is easy. Come and, we will get, and you'll give us rest. And, Father, we pray for that rest today. We pray for that that we can come unto you with all of our burdens, just lay them down at your feet. Father, we're thankful for, for your willingness to forgive, and we just pray that we have the courage to forgive as well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.